Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Brett Richards, CEO and director of Goldshore Resources, who are working in a major historical multi-million ounce gold opportunity in Ontario, Canada, um, and are keen to know more about this exciting asset that they're working on. Um, Brett has a wealth of mining experience and knowledge. Um, with over, over 30 years, he's been working for the likes of Banro, uh, Rocks Gold, Katanga Mining, and King Ross. Um, and ex- his experience and expertise lies in um, financing mines, developing operations, and MA. Um, so I'm getting Brett on, to, on uh, the podcast to talk more about Goldshore Resources in more detail, um, plus other subjects and what his thoughts are in uh, mining in Africa as well, um, as, he's got, as he's got a lot of experience in Africa. So um, no further ado, let's get straight into this and let's welcome Brett to the podcast. How you doing, Brett? Hey, great, Rob. Thanks for having me on. No, and I appreciate your time as well. So um wondered if you can um, start off by, um, obviously a lot of people in, uh, who listen to this probably know who you are, but those that don't, I just wanted to give us a, an overview of your, of your background, um, say from when you first sort of graduated back in the day to sort of... Uh, <laughs> To, to, to present now. Yeah, yeah, sure. I um, I think going back that far might be a little scary, but I, I've been <laughs> in the mining and metal space for about 35 years now and um, have worked for some pretty major companies over the years. I spent my first 15 years in base metals in the steel business and uh, and then moved on to, uh, you know, precious metals uh, and, and directly mining for a company called Kinross here in Toronto. And I've lived in you know many jurisdictions in the world, uh, Russia, South America, uh, both uh, uh, Brazil and Chile, uh, Nevada, um, and and you know well prior to that in the eighties, uh, you know in the steel business uh, in New York and New Jersey. So <clears throat> about twenty years ago, um, while working for Kinross, I ended up um, getting an opportunity to seed capital and and find found. Um, uh, be one of the founders of Katanga Mining with um, with uh, two other guys, and um, so we did. And and I end up moving to London, and I'm still technically based in London, although I'm in Toronto today, um, you know, due to COVID. And I've been in London for the last kind of uh, 18 years, and um, probably been been focused on Africa for about the same amount of time, and have worked uh, with a number of both listed and private companies um, in Africa, in Burkina Faso, Mali, Sierra Leone, Sierra, Sierra Leone Guinea, um, Cote d'Ivoire, Ghana, Congo, uh, a couple of times uh, in Congo, South Africa, and, and also Egypt. So uh, I have, I, and I, I've seen the continent uh, for, for what it is. It is a wealth of minerals uh, in many jurisdictions and and I have spent uh, kind of, uh, you know, the last, like, as I say, 18 years there. Yeah. Obviously, you've worked in many places that you've just said. From a personal point of view, 
was there any jurisdiction or country or even continent that you enjoyed the most? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I well, well, with Avocet, I, I was with Avocet for four years as the CEO and um, we had assets in Southeast Asia, both in Indonesia and the Philippines and in Malaysia. And I think, um, you know, I certainly love Southeast Asia. Uh, and there are attractions to everywhere, South America, Africa, anything kind of in, in the equator or south of the equator obviously has favorable weather compared to Canada and, uh, <laughs> and it's minus 40 below in, in the wintertime. So I, I um, you know, I, I enjoyed my time in Southeast Asia and, and, and in South America. But I think, you know, something kind of has pulled me and, and uh, I think I, I, I will never leave, um, completely leave a presence or never completely leave my presence in Africa. I think I'll always be involved in something there. Uh, I have a large copper project in Zambia that I'm involved with uh, called Midnight Sun Mining. And, uh, and uh, I, I'm still kind of residually trying to go complete a transaction for Banro um, and also on some assets in South Africa. So I'm still pretty connected. And I think even as we develop Goldshore, and we'll talk about this story because it's a, it's a, a powerful one. Um, I think there'll just be a piece of me that stays connected to Africa. Yeah. Well, we speak about Africa a bit later, um, but obviously what I want to do is speak about um, Goldshore Resources. And um, I wonder if you can tell us a little bit more about, about the company. Yeah, for sure. I um, last fall, uh, September time, um, you know, COVID was obviously rampant in Canada and and and, and you know globally, but um, you know Ontario was open to interprovincial travel, and I went out to Vancouver in British Columbia to to meet with some clients and friends, and and I happened to run across a guy who you know, we started sharing stories. We had lunch together and started sharing stories about about um, you know, our, our view of the gold uh, sector. And, and my view is quite simple. I think gold is on a path and a trajectory in one direction. I think we're gonna be seeing, you know, we're 1770 this morning. I think we're gonna see, you know, trading between 1800 and 2200 uh, for the next four or five years and beyond that. And, uh, you know, nobody can per predict kind of beyond that, but, but that's the trading range I see we're going to be in. And, I, and there will be spikes above that and there will be spikes below that. I'll, and we've just seen one. We've been doing, playing around the 1700s for a little while. But I think we're going to start and see um, movement uh, north. And it's going to happen as gold does. It's going to happen like an accelerator. It'll plateau. It'll pull back. It'll accelerate again. It'll, it'll plateau. It'll pull back. But I think we're going to see a, a you know, constant trajectory. I shared this view with a, a, with a colleague out in Vancouver. And I said... You know, I'm looking for projects in Africa um, that uh, you kind of fit that mantra. They may not have been economic at $1,200 gold. They may not have been economic at $1,400 or $1,500 gold, but uh, they will be economic in this new trading range that we've identified. And there are a lot of projects in Africa that kind of fit that band. Um, so, so we continued on, and he said, "Well, I'm I'm looking at a project in Ontario, and you know, would you be interested in helping me and and putting something together?" And and I said, "Yeah, I'm stuck in Toronto because of COVID. Um, I can't go home to uh, to London, but uh, you know, I'm I'm happy to to do that." And I I, I kind of I haven't left since then. I'll mind you, I've traveled a little bit, but I haven't really technically 
left uh, this 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 home or 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 this project since then. And in January of of um, 2021, we we had I we had identified a project uh, late in October and November. Uh, worked on a transaction with West Home, and we closed the transaction in January uh, of 2021 to acquire the Moss Lake project and. The Moss Lake project, and we can speak about it in a, in a second, was a project that fit that mantra. It, it, it wasn't economic at $1,200 gold, but it is economic today. And there's a lot of reasons why we did the transaction with West Ohm. There's a lot of reasons why West Ohm did the transaction with us. But ultimately, we, um, we, we were able to transact and concurrently raise a bit of money uh, to get moving. And, uh, and yeah, here we are today. Yeah. Um, one thing you can tell us how the transaction sort of came together um, and how you sort of got involved in a little bit more detail. Sure. Um, so I was asked to, to by my colleague, I was asked if I would be interested in running the, uh, this new, new project. And we had been talking to, you know, uh, colleagues of mine, colleagues of his uh, and, a potent, and, you know, a high net worth investor. And, and, and it all came together quite quickly. So we ended up putting together a, a fabulous board of very experienced guys. Um, this is a board that you would see on a mid-tier company, uh, and it would still be a premier board on a mid-tier company. Uh, th- this is this is um, you know a pretty special group of guys we've been able to pull together, and on our advisory board. So the team we have built here is 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 pretty pretty special, and and this team was actually formed before we even did the transaction. We, we basically said, hey, would you be interested in helping and getting involved in this? And it was like, the answer was yes, quicker than it was, you know, tell me more about it. And, and I think that's, um, you know, that's a testament to, you know, some of the people who were involved in this. And our chairman, Gail McNamara, who is really the architect behind all of this, um, and, and a few other guys, um, it just it really all came together. We met with West Dome and started talking to West Dome, and I got involved kind of in December. And... Um, they were very interested in, in uh, divesting uh, Moss Lake. Um, they have two projects, uh, Eagle River and Kiena, and they are very high-grade underground uh, operations, low tonnage. And um, Eagle, I think, is the third highest-grade gold mine in the world. And, um, and, and Moss Lake is not that. It is a very high tonnage, very low-grade, open-pit deposit, um, so it, it really is 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 quite um, is quite different and, and quite polar opposite to uh, the West Dome skill sets, their experience, uh, their internal capacity. So this was something that um, it was good for them to to put this into a, a new emerging junior. Um, and now they get exposure to the project, they get exposure to the gold price. Uh, and I think, and they get a little bit of cash and, and um, I, I think this is a good transaction for both parties. Very few times you see that, you know, this is very symbiotic for, 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 for both parties. Gold Shore is emerging. Uh, we have a chance to do great things with this project. And uh, the alternative was it was going to sit on the shelf still at, uh, at West Dome and, and not see any love or see any, uh, or see any capital or, or see any development. So I think that's why this is a really good fit for for both companies. Yeah, uh, you mentioned obviously the board, and you brought quite a few good people together. What would you say are the main attributes of these of these these people that you brought together? 
or generally speaking, what are what are the most important attributes of someone that's going to join a ball like like yours or like a mid tier mid tier mining company? Well, I think obviously, you know, I go beyond the chemistry. I go beyond the the professionalism and the experience and all those things. Um, I go beyond that because because all all of that is very important, and I'll explain why in a second. But these are a bunch of guys that were very aligned, both in this thesis of you know where the gold price is going to go and why these types of projects can do very well in this environment. But I think you know everybody. Uh, on the board and on the advisory board have a very similar, uh, I'll say, background and experience where we've been where Goldshore needs to be. And we've been where Goldshore will be five years from now when it gets built and, and when it gets into production. And we've run those types of companies before. And almost everybody on our board uh, has you know, that development, construction, operational experience um, you know, one of the guys on our, on our, um, advisory boards, David Garofalo and David, David was the former CEO of Goldcorp. you know, a, a multi-billion dollar company, fifth largest gold company in, 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 um, in Canada before its transaction. But, you know, this is just the, 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 the stellar nature of some of the background of these guys. And we have two very, very, um, very, very excellent people, uh, from West Dome, their appointees, Mike Michaud and Heather Laxton and high quality people. And, and again, who are working for a, a, a mid tier slash, uh, you know, uh, operator and, uh, and bring a wealth of experience as well. So this, um, you know, this, this group, we understand where Goldshore needs to go. We understand how to get there. And the level of quality and detail in 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 getting getting this ready for the next um, for the next stage. I've always been a believer that you know using using the the metaphor, the mining process is from A to Z, Z if you're in Europe. Um, and uh, you know we we actually don't emerge on the on the front end of this at A. We actually emerge on uh, you know partially way through. Let's call it L, and we're going to take this project from L to O. And somebody else is going to take it from O to Z. And that is, we have a job to do. And that job to do is, is to, to build on the existing historical resource we have, to build it up to be a, a project that can be very visible, and to do it in such a way that will make it easy to transact down the road with a mid-tier or a major. So we're working to those standards. We're actually spending money on things that junior mining companies wouldn't spend money on because we know it's important down the road. We're trying to make it easy for somebody to, to understand this project and the work that's gone on so that when we're in a position to transact, and I would love to build this project, uh, don't get me wrong, but when we're in a position to, to, to build this project, uh, we, we, our partners are, are, are many, not few. And, and, and that's the whole, that's the whole um, you know, uh, approach that we've taken. Again, this is, this is a project that will be well north of a billion dollars capex. I expect this will be well north of a billion dollar MPV when we're done. And uh, that's a real project. And um, I, 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 you know, I, I'm trying to set this up so that we can have visible exit. And, uh, and I think that's important to not just us, but our shareholders. There will be an event down the road. And I, and I just caution everybody, this is not going to be something that's going to be a long lifestyle, lifestyle CEO job where I'm going to be in this role for a long time. 
uh, maybe in the role for a long time, but these projects are going to come, they're going to get developed, we're going to add a lot of value, we're going to sell them, and we're going to have multiple ones in that pipeline to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, can you speak about the transaction with West Dome and, and to obviously acquire Moss Lake and why they were interested in partnering with uh, Gold Shore Resources? Yeah, I think, you know, aside from the obvious of, of um, you know, getting exposure to the project and getting exposure to, um, to the gold price, we weren't the first people to approach them and we weren't the first people to, uh, you know, try and transact with them. But I think it made sense for them um, simply because we were able to, to do a transaction quickly. Um, the quality of the people on our board uh, are, you know, uh, commensurate with, you know, the quality of the people that are on West Dome's, you know, in their company and on their board. So I think they saw this as, hey, you know, these guys aren't a fly-by-night. These guys aren't going to wave their arms and try and raise money every time the market pops and they're going to do this in a very methodical way. They're going to do it a proper way. And, and that's what we want to see. We don't want to see somebody, you know, come out and put a million dollars into the ground in this and, 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 and look at us and then try and flip it to somebody for, for small value. Um, we raised $25 million in January and, and we're going to put all that money into the ground. So I expect that, that, um, you know, the large reason why, why Weston were interested in this was, the sheer speed to market and, and and we're trying to get this to market as soon as possible we also had you know the 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 project has four million ounces of historical resource about a million and a half in inferred and or sorry indicated and two and a half in inferred so you know as as what the attraction for us was you know we're getting this project uh with transaction terms that 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 really suit it the headline number on this is around $57 million, which, you know, which works out to, you know, um, it works out to about $13 and $14 an ounce at the end of the day. And at this stage, we thought that was good value to get, to enter the market, to RTO and, and or IPO into the market and, uh, and, and, and build on that, which, which we still believe that. So, so I think, um, Again, one of these, it's one of these situations where I think it's very symbiotic and, and we will have a win-win so, uh, result on this, um, you know, uh, as, we, as we progress. Yeah. Um, obviously, you mentioned that you've just uh, raised $25 million. Um, can you let us know what you plan to, to sort of do from now with those uh, proceeds? Yeah. So, you know, again, I... Um, I, uh, I, I'm approaching this in a very methodical way. Um, we're, we're trying to put as much money into the ground as possible. There, we have two employees right now, myself and Pete Flindell. Pete uh, has been with me uh, on the last seven or eight projects. He's been with me for almost 20 years. We work together in Southeast Asia. We work together in Africa on five or six different projects in Africa. And, um, and, and quite frankly, he was you know, the, the only person I wanted on this project because he knows these types of, uh, of this type of geology and, and, you know, not everybody knows everything, but Pete's a, a very smart guy and can figure things out quite, um, you know, quite, uh, quite quickly. So, and, and he loves to be in the field. He loves to get on the ground um, and he, and he loves to, to, to build capacity and, and, and to, to train people and to train host community, first nations, peoples, and, and, so th this is a really good fit for him as, as, as it is for me. And like I say, our, 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 
our overheads are quite small with just two of us and we don't even have a head office, although we have a registered office in Vancouver. But the, what we're going to do on the ground is, is going to be very um, prescribed and, and, and uh, methodical. The first thing we've started to do is, is because Moss Lake has a long history of many eras dating back to the early 1900s and data started to accumulate in the 1980s and 1990s uh, with drilling programs and operating mine on one of the, uh, uh, one, one of the uh, land packages we have. And um, so the first thing we wanna do is consolidate all the data into one large database and, and use that information as the basis and the platform as to how we're going to kind of build on it. But the ultimate thing we want to do is come up with quality drill targets so that we've committed to putting 100,000 meters of drilling down into the ground. Um, you know, we want, to, we, want, we want bang for our buck. We want results. We want to know that where we're drilling, we're, we're going to get good results and good indications of what the larger picture looks like. So and, and it's, it is quite, it is quite, um, it's not as simple as that all sounds. We have a, a shear zone hosted gold deposit at, at Moss Lake. We have an IOCG copper gold, uh, you know, mineralization at Hamlin. And then there's a, a big, um, volcanic moss, massive sulfide, a VMS copper, zinc, silver, gold, uh, mineralization at North Coldstream. So quite different. If I look at our neighbors uh, at Kessel Run, they have some significant high-grade um, uh, narrow vein kind of uh, structures on their property. So there's, there's a lot of things going on in the area, which is exciting, um, but it also needs to be figured out, which is why I say Pete is the right guy for this job. So data consolidation, first order of business. The second thing we, we're doing, which starts today, actually, ironically, is we're flying a, a Helleborn VTEM survey over our entire property. So vertical time domain electromagnetic survey, we'll get a nice, uh, a nice footprint of kind of the geological context uh, uh, of, of, of all of our prospects. And it'll give us that, that, um, that 3D version of the mineralized zones so we, again, so we can identify new targets, quality targets, in addition to all the other data we have. So we will, we will, we will kind of lay that all out in a few weeks time uh, with, with the existing information, the new information we have, and we'll start to plan our drilling program. We're also going through a, a, a very comprehensive relogging exercise to build a, build a bit of a rock library of, um, to define all of the rock types and alteration styles and mineralogy to ensure we have a kind of a comprehensive, you know, path of logging in the future. Again, it's about data collection, information, using that information to build the profile of, um, of this project. So the more information we can gather from the past, collect in the future and put together will, will certainly assist us and, and add a lot of value. So second thing, VTEM survey. Third thing, uh, and we have applied for our, um, uh, exploration permit now takes uh, a bit of time and especially with COVID it's been taking some time we will launch into a drilling campaign probably starting sometime in June and we'll run it around the around the winter um, we'll run it for the next 18 24 months steady we won't stop it we, we'd like to wrap up to <clears throat> kind of three or four drill rigs on um, on infill and two you know one or two drill rigs on scout drilling and and that's that's our, our intention is to to build a larger resource and a higher quality resource at Moss Lake and look to step out in the various extensions that we have in order to identify kind of 
geological uh, potential and, and project upside for, for someone down the road. Yeah, so you've got, there's obviously you've got quite a lot of work uh, ahead of you, which is uh, which is great to hear. Um, can you replicate this model again once you've uh, taken Moss Lake as far as a junior developer can take it? Yeah, I think so, and, that, and that's our intent. Our intent is to to continue to to look for projects, and and I guess you know I put on my business development hat. Um, we we will continue to look for projects that uh, that that fit this mantra. And there are a lot of them and I'm not going to be commercially kind of, you know, um, I'll say reckless in, in, in going after them. They have to make sense. They have to be acquired for the right value. Um, but there are a lot in, in kind of our camp, kind of that Thunder Bay Red Lake camp. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's the, you have Rainy River uh, that is a new gold that's being built. You've got Hammond Reef that's about, is a very similar style deposit. But over in the Timmins camp and over in the Valdor camp, you have, you know, again, very similar projects. I am gold have Cote Lake. It's, you know, high tonnage, low grade, big capex. Um, and, uh, and Kirkland Lake have the detour project. Um, so it, 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 it is, it is, um, it is and can be replicated. It's our intent to do it. But like I say, if we don't see something in our jurisdiction that we're in today, which is Northern, Northern Ontario, We'll, we'll look into Northern Quebec. We'll look in other parts of Canada and and we'll look in the U S I'll look in Nevada and I'll look in other parts of uh, North America. I'd like to keep the jurisdictional risk profile the same. I don't want to jump in and immediately go into the DRC uh, from uh, Canada. Not sure. I would want to go back to the DRC in any event, but uh, um, you know, so I, I just think we are, we want to keep our story simple, our simple, you know, we're going to go from L to O, and we're going to do it on this project. Then we're going to, once we get to M, we'll bring another project in at L or maybe it'll be D or F or whatever. But metaphorically, that is the, the process we're going to go through on the alphabet with each project. Yeah. I just want to go back. Obviously, you mentioned Africa seems to be a little bit in your in your heart. Um, what, what would you say the outlook is for mining in Africa? I mean, what opportunities do you see? Uh, whether it's in the gold space, whether it's in West Africa, East Africa. Um, why don't you just give us a, just an overview of your thoughts on mining in Africa? Yeah, I, I and, you know, intentionally, I, um, I stay very close to many of the countries in Africa. <clears throat> I have been fortunate enough to, to work in about 12 of them. Uh, and I've met the presidents in about six of them. And I've been very fortunate with um, the projects that we've had. And a lot of these countries uh, are, are blessed with this mineral wealth in, in some degree or, or form. And I think a lot of things uh, don't, uh, don't advance, don't develop on the speed at which we're used to seeing things develop because they have a lack of infrastructure, because they have a lack of governance, because they have you know, difficulties in their countries with, uh, with, with security and or, and or corruption. So, so I think the speed of development always gets impaired, hence why it is, it is uh, discounted uh, in some cases substantially to other parts of the world. Uh, do I think it's easy to work in Africa? It's absolutely not easy to work in Africa, but as far as looking for mineral wealth and, and looking at, you know, high grade uh, you know, deposits, 
in a marketplace where copper is punching $10,000 a ton this morning, uh, like $5 a pound copper hasn't been seen for almost 10 years, maybe longer. And there's no sign of it pulling back and gold, you know, getting close back to the, the trading range I spoke of, there's no indication it's going to go pull back to $1,200. It's just, you know, I look at what the, the U S just announced last night, you know, they want to spend trillions of dollars that they don't have into building capacity and infrastructure in their own country. And, and they're going to print a lot of money to do that. So how, how does that impact the gold price? Well, if, if we were back to the kind of the old gold standard back in you know, 1971, gold price would be about $500,000 an ounce right now. But obviously that doesn't happen. But, but if the U.S. Um, continues to, to do this, and I think we're going to see it globally in a lot of countries because there is a rebuilding, there is a rebirthing coming out of the global pandemic that is, you know, it is going to have to, it is going to have to either uh, cause inflation or, 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 or you know, the, 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 these countries will simply not be able to, uh, to recover unless they print more money and, uh, and, and provide some sort of easing. You know, the job losses, the, the economic impact that this pandemic has had has been substantial. That only means good things for the gold price. And although the gold price has been tempered uh, somewhat by, uh, by crypto, by Bitcoin, uh, there's alternatives for now for what people think are inflation hedges uh, uh, by, you know, and, and, you know, maybe some people think that Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is, uh, is uh, one of those. But, you know, you've got something that is, you know, highly unregulated. Uh, it's not asset backed. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that, Gold will stand the test of time as it has for thousands of years, and it will continue to do that. And I'm not saying that that cryptocurrency is a flash in the pan or or something that will disappear, but I just simply don't think it will have the the material impact. And it's having a material impact today, but I don't think longer term. I think people will go back to you know, having taking comfort in the gold price. Yeah, um, obviously you you've been in uh, gold quite a lot lot of your career. Have you ever thought about looking at silver projects at all? Um, I have, and, and obviously there's a natural correlation between you know, silver and gold, both in pricing, both in supply and demand dynamics. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I've looked at silver projects before. I like silver. Um, you know, silver may have a, a better run than gold this time around. We'll see. Um, but you know, I. Precious metals are precious metals. Although I've, yes, I've spent a lot of time in gold and, and I've also spent a lot of time in base metals and um, in, in, in copper and cobalt. So I, you know, I, I expect that um, and copper's having a good run now. Cobalt's actually starting to pick up some traction. And, you know, those types of EV related metals are gonna have a, a very strong run for some time to come. As are PGMs, you know, platinum, palladium are, are at all time highs. So. Gold price, not really at an all-time high, but certainly showing that it can be, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, punch the $2,200 number and in, as an all-time high. So you've got many commodity uh, sectors um, and, you know, base metals, precious metals, all starting to looking like they're in for a fairly decent long bull run. And uh, so I, I think you're going to see that that spin off into more projects. You're going to see that spin off into into um, you know economic uh, opportunities both in Africa but 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 also globally and uh, 
And, uh, and that's why I say this project has the size and scale to really move the needle. And, uh, and we're, we're, we're placing it in this market, whereas it would never have been developed 10 years ago um, or eight years ago or six years ago. Yeah. So as a conclusion, um, what's the uh, outlook for Goldshore to uh, obviously shareholders, your current shareholders and obviously potential shareholders? Yeah, so we um, we have uh, made our filing statement. We have um, uh, made our application to be listed on the, on the TSX uh, Venture Exchange. Uh, our ticker symbol that we've reserved is GSHR. So watch for that. We expect to trade uh, kind of second or third week of May, pending uh, the process we're going through with the exchange. Yeah, it's a bit of a question and answer <clears throat> to get there. And we'll emerge as um, you know, as a uh, a gold developer. We're going to skip that gold junior category and go right into gold developer, and we'll enter with a sixty-five million dollar market cap based on you know our share structure and the and the the fundraising we just did. <clears throat> so, you know, where to from there? Well, a, a two thousand thirteen PEA on the Moss Lake project demonstrated an NPV of over six hundred and fifty million dollars at today's gold price. So we have a 10 bagger at our, at, our, at our feet here that will prove up and that we will do the hard miles. We will do the, the, the difficult work and we will demonstrate that it's a real project so that we can realize something of order of magnitude uh, relative to its MPV. We'll, we'll redo a PEA down the road and I fully expect it'll be you know, north of, uh, well north of $650 million in NPV. And yeah, I expect the capital will be well north of a billion dollars. So I, uh, I'm excited about the, the prospects of where Goldshore can go. Now, again, you have to take a view on the gold price. And if you take the same view I do, then, you know, this is that you're going to be in for a very fun ride. And, and I, uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting this uh, through its development phases as fast as possible. Again, I, I, I truly believe that speed to market is one of the most important things when you have these projects. You can't sit on them uh, unless you have to, uh, unless the, the capital markets don't allow you to raise money. But the capital markets have sent a very good message to uh, the Goldshore. We support you. We, we, we agree with this mantra and, and we raised $25 million. So we were actually so oversubscribed, we had to cut back the subscription uh, quite quite extensively. So there are. This is not just Brett's uh, uh, you know view of the world. This is you know, many people view the world in a very similar way. Um, so I think Goldshore will benefit from that. Goldshore shareholders will benefit from that. And uh, I yeah, I think this is going to be a, a really fun two years. We'll try and get the next project into the pipeline and and get uh, started on that in, in due time. We're not going to do everything at once, but we'll, we'll get it there in due time. But I'm just trying to manage the expectations of everybody. This is, this is, uh, this is something that we're going to you know, do over a period of time, redo over a period of time, redo over a period of time as we keep pressing the repeat button. And, um, and that's, what, that's what my shareholders have asked me to do. That's what my shareholders expect me to do. And quite frankly, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, no, certainly. And I agree your sentiment as well that I think gold, the gold price is, I think it's sort of stabilised now and I think it is going to start to gradually go up over the, over the next X amount of years, especially, like you said, with all the money printing. Um, so I think you're in the right position and, and you positioned yourself and, and the project is, is, the time is just right now to, to carry that through. So I certainly uh, 
agree agree with a lot or everything that you've said. Um, yeah, thanks. If our audience wants to sort of reach out to you, if they've got any questions, um, how can they go about doing that? Are you on any social media <laughs> platforms, etc.? Yes, uh, and and uh, and this is a, it's a funny story, but uh, you know I, I'm of a generation that uh, doesn't really do the the social media. I, I I find it very time consuming to do it on a personal level, so I don't I don't have a lot of social media. <clears throat> but it was something I, I I had to step out of my comfort zone and my comfort box on, and um, and I have um, a company that is doing this for me. We work in parallel together. They run all my social media platforms. I talk to them multiple times a day. Uh, and, and they're getting my message out there. So this is the, the old school way of, of doing social media is I, t- I, I tell somebody what we're doing and, and they end up doing it for us. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We are on LinkedIn, Gold Shore Resources. We, we have uh, info at goldshoreresources.com. And I welcome people to send me questions. I welcome people to reach out to me. I will get back to anybody that, uh, that reaches out and asks us questions about our project. Uh, I'm very accessible. Um, it's not difficult to find me, and uh, and I'll certainly uh, make a point of uh, you know, returning uh, returning my comments. Yeah, no worries. What we do is we put these in the show notes accompanying this uh, podcast, and also on the the YouTube channel that this will go out on. So, really appreciate the time, Brett. Um, it's certainly an exciting journey ahead that you've got, and and what you've explained. And um, I wish you all the best in that. Um, no doubt with the, the members of uh, board members that you've got on on within the board um, can certainly um, help you with that journey. And I'm sure it's going to be success. So really appreciate your time again. Um, our audience, appreciate you listening. If, again, if you've got any questions um, about the project, um, appreciate if you can reach out to, to Brett, obviously, and I'll, I'll include those uh, show note, uh, details in the show notes um, if you've got any questions and I'm sure he, he'll answer them and get back to you. So... Really appreciate your time with Brett again. Um, And until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.